Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Gander, and as always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. gentlemen. And this is the podcast <laughs> where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. In other words, we see if they hold up uh, to repeat viewings. Um, you can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, at uh, facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. On today's episode, we are going to talk about a classic superhero movie uh, that uh, came out before this gigantic wave of superhero movies that we are currently in. Of course, I'm referring to uh, the 1989 masterpiece by Tim Burton. Wow. So what did you think, Mike? (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're talking about Tim Burton's Batman. Actually, I was trying to make a joke where I I thought we were going to be talking about the uh, Billy Zane film, The Phantom. The Phantom. (laughs) Oh, which I think I saw in theater. Oh, Alec Baldwin, right? No, 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 that was the shadow. That is, oh, the shadow. That is the shadow. That's right. Um, Get him right. We are talking about (laughs) Tim Burton's 1989 film, uh, Batman. And what do you do for a living? Lieutenant, is there a six-foot bat in Gotham City? Nice outfit. My life is really Ah! complex. Winged freak terrorizes. Wait till they get a load of me. And this movie is interesting for a variety of reasons. Hmm. Um, this was your choice, Ivan? This was my choice. And I, um, I I, have seen this movie, but it's been so damn long, I barely remember it. That's how long it has been. Hmm. Uh, mainly because I had such a um, terrified reaction of the sequel to this movie, Batman Returns, when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a child, Batman Returns was the scariest movie I had ever right. seen. That was 92, right? Uh-huh. So I was like... the Penguin? Yeah, I was seven. Catwoman. There's Catwoman. a scene in that film, not to get too far ahead of myself, where the Penguin bites off someone's nose oh yes and it has Whoa. since stuck yeah. with me my entire life <laughs> as one of the most terrifying moments of all cinema i actually rewatched that one too so so with uh, some trepidation i turned to this film the original uh starring uh, both michael keaton and jack nicholson as the joker michael keaton as batman um and um What's her name? What's the actress's name? Kim Basinger. Uh, Kim, Kim Basinger, Basinger Woo! yeah. Which we've actually talked about return, before. Return, return. Yeah, the, yeah. the welcome return of Kim Basinger, who we talked about when we discussed LA Confidential. Mm-hmm. And uh, she plays um, uh, a reporter. A reporter. A reporter. <laughs> uh, I am. This a is reporter, a, bad, a journalist. Let me tell you. Let me explain. A, photo, a photojournalist. Let me explain why I'm out of sorts. This mm-hmm. is like the fourth time we've attempted to record this podcast. <laughs> it was supposed to come out a week ago. Yeah. Then there was traffic issues and Thanksgiving issues. No issues. And I think God didn't want us to make this podcast. Right. We're but de- we're it, defo- it's an important defined. podcast because this is episode 25. We try to come out every two weeks, and mm-hmm. this means we're almost up on or out a year. 
We're, we've been doing this? Uh, we've been definitely doing this a year at this point. And I think we've yeah. uh, gained a leadership of four people. So <laughs> I think we're really... <laughs> uh, Mike really doesn't have a horn. He's providing... This is why we're the worst Sound effects, right? <laughs> We don't even have uh, proper sound effects. Mike just makes them with his mo- uh, his mouth. Hmm. Um, but this is exciting. We've but been he doing is this dressed as Batman, we should, we should mention. Yes. Um, yeah, Mike's always dressed I'm as Batman, Batman though. So, <laughs> I um, love this costume. <laughs> So, you know, it's exciting. We've been doing this for a year, and um, hopefully we're getting a little bit better at doing it and becoming more eloquent in our discussions. Can't possibly be getting worse, we can't, right? Yeah. If you go back to the right, first guys? episode, you on, we can't be getting any worse. <laughs> ah, so We should go back and re-listen to that episode. I don't think that's a good idea, Dave. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, so getting back to the task at hand, let's talk about Batman. And the reason Batman. I chose this movie, here's the, here's the, here's the, the, the rundown. One... All we're getting now is our blockbuster films is superhero movies. Right. But in 1989, that was not the case. The, right. This movie was an anomaly almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very odd for a movie like this to come out you know, in the summer and get such a big budget and get mm-hmm. such big stars in it. The only really big superhero movie before this probably was Superman. Superman, exactly. Superman. Um, and um, so that, that, that in itself is interesting to me to kind of look back at where the superhero movie has come from and where it kind of had its genesis uh, in the late 80s. And two, it was on Netflix streaming, which mm-hmm. means it was easy to watch. Yeah. So, and free. And free. So, well, if you are a Netflix subscriber. <laughs> Correct. But Smart being works. as lazy as I am, that was a welcome opportunity for me. So I'm going to... And three, Michael Keaton. And Michael Keaton, who was uh, making this kind of storied comeback uh, with his film uh, Birdman. Mm-hmm. which Batman, he's... Birdman. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, they chose Michael Keaton because he is a very much a real-life cor- corollary. Mm-hmm. can't speak corollary. today. Um for the character in Birdman, mm-hmm. because it's talking about this guy who used to play a superhero and mm-hmm. is since kind of dealing with where he stands as an artist and all that all that good stuff. So, mm-hmm. all, Have you seen Birdman? I have not, but Dave has, I believe. It was good. I, I don't know if it was one of... It wasn't the year's best for me, but it was good. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have said it is one of the year's best. It, so. is, it is in my top ten, I would say. Mm-hmm. So um, all those reasons uh, combined uh, to why we're talking about Batman. So, Mike... Have you seen Batman, this this version of Batman, and what did you think? I did not see it. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, believe it or not, I haven't. Um, I think this movie functions as an amazing connection between the Batman of days past, like mm-hmm. Batman of yore in like the 60s or 70s, and then like the Adam Batman. West Batman, the uh, yes. TV show. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, today's Batman because... It's like campy, but it's not like insanely. I mean, it's it's campy. It's campy. Right. Let's not get around that. There's, the words "pow" don't appear on screen, right? You know, cartoon right, right. It's not to that extent. <laughs> but you still have Joker like running around with some dude with a boombox on his shoulder, and he's like <laughs> painting the museum to like Prince. So I mean, you have, it seems like that, and you're like, all right, this is uh, it, it's 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 come a long way since the days of the '60s, but. At the same time, you look at uh, Batman today, and it's just a completely different. It's a different genre, for God's sake. Um, yeah, and uh, I, th- I think I would have liked this movie more if we didn't have today's. If we didn't have Christopher Nolan's Batman as like for me, that's like the standard now. Um, and I, I like the, that series of movies so much. I don't think anyone doesn't, uh, especially the first one. Um, when you compare this to that one, it's just kind of tough to take it seriously. It has some good things going for it. I think the sets are really, it's well constructed. They don't look real, but they look cool. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, Tim Burton did a great job. He, t- he tends to do really well with the sets. The production designer was Anton First, and he, um, I think he won an Oscar for, for the sets, the production Yeah, design. some of them were just great. Even I mean, you can tell some of the, like, the backgrounds were, like, painted, like mm-hmm. they looked like mats, but it, sure. it was just cool anyway. And, and I think the cathedral is a really interesting choice that it was made out of brick, and it was, like, a skyscraper, and... 
you know, they went, they did some really bold choices and some of them worked, some of them didn't. But mm-hmm. um, I think for the most part, it was entertaining. It's fun. I mean, as, as you know, unbelievable as Jack Nicholson is, it, as, <laughs> as unbelievable as Jack Nicholson is in this role, mm-hmm. when you compare it to Heath Ledger's Joker, mm-hmm. I think it's still, it's enjoyable to watch in a different kind of way. It's entertaining. I think When you say unbelievable, what do you mean? I mean, well, I mean, you look at, okay, he fell into a pit of green fluid. Oh, well, grew, yeah, like, well. And this the way he's executed, he's running around just like, ah, hello. <laughs> you know, it's like very cartoony. But, right, right. Uh, and you look at Heath Ledger's Joker's a very much more gritty, realistic, you know, right, psychopathic right. kind of thing. This is more right. of like a emphasis on comic in right, comic book, you know. Right. Um, in this movie, he's, uh, I, like to, I like to think that in Jack Nicholson's Joker is more like a gangster Joker, like a cartoon gangster, and Heath Ledger's is more like a real-life terrorist or something. Right, right, right. Exactly. And I think, again, it, genre being different, I don't I don't want to fault it too much because I think they were doing this on purpose. It wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be what the Batman of today is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, because I'm holding up to that standard, I can't help but compare the two. It's impossible not to compare them yeah. because it was such, yeah. you know, it was a, a major uh, movie event in our lifetimes, you know, yeah, Bolt, Dark Knight. Bolt, uh, I think it's interesting that you bring this up, Mike, because both these series had profound impact on all the movies that were to follow. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Tim Burton's Batman greatly influenced the, influenced the box office and mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan's Batman series. I mean, everything after Christopher Nolan, everything had to be dark and gritty. Yeah, and yeah. like, uh, so there is, um, both these movies are very much uh, tentpole movies for their time. Mm-hmm. Um, they do very different things, but they're um, very uh, important cinematically. Yeah. Dave, you were like, 27 when this movie came out <laughs> he's in his 30s <laughs> well i'm guessing yes. you saw this in theaters yes i saw this in theaters i was i was about to become a man at my bar mitzvah at the age of 13 when this came out and so i guess you had a beard many you know, a 13 when you're jewish 13 27 that's the same thing right <laughs> you're just released into the wild and good um, luck <laughs> good luck good luck kid figure it out here's a yamaka and some money um anyway uh so as a 13-year-old seeing this in theater, what, what was your reaction? Oh, my reaction was I, I wasn't a comic book guy growing up. I didn't really read comic books. I still don't. I never did. Um, you know, every, I, I would buy like a, if I saw something that was like a Star Wars comic book and I thought it looked cool, I would get that. I used to, I used to like Tales from the Crypt comic books. Like those were the kind of comic books I like, strangely enough. Um, so I didn't read Batman or Superman or Spider-Man or X-Men or any of these other comics. I just, you know, I just, I, for whatever reason, I had no interest. So Batman didn't mean that much to me. My, my vision of Batman was from the, the 60s series, which I watched and laughed at. You know, I, I think if you watched that in the 60s, I thought, oh, this is badass, you know. But if you watched it, like, <laughs> you know, five five to ten years later, you're like, this is the most ridiculous thing. The Adam West Batman. Yeah. I mean, it's just so, uh, it's, it's and, and now it, it's got like an appeal because it's, because it's so campy. It's got it like a, it's almost like, it's got a kitchen. It's almost it like it, it, it dipped yeah. down. Like everyone thought like, Oh, that's such crap. And now people, I think kind of look at it like with more nostalgia and appreciation for the kind of campiness of that, that original Batman. So, you know, I was looking forward to Batman, but I was really honestly looking more forward to another movie that came out that summer, which was Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Oh, that's a big summer, which was a big summer. And, and it basically those were the two competing box office champions of that year. Man. And I was definitely more of an Indiana Jones guy. I remember going to see that movie with my dad and, and, and loving it and then getting it on VHS as soon as it came out. And, you know, VHS movies weren't cheap for a 13-year-old kid. So, you know, Batman, I think I, I waited for a while until I got it. So I wasn't the biggest fan. I mean, I liked it. It was okay. I wasn't the biggest fan. I just... It just didn't, you know, and I think there are some specific reasons, and, and I think maybe the number one reason is that I couldn't, I never really connected emotionally to anything that was happening in Batman. I mean, I really liked the father-son dynamic in Indiana Jones, so, that, so there was something to, 
you know, there was something I could relate to with the, the hat and the leather jacket with the, you know, the, all the, I don't know, the darkness of Batman I couldn't connect to, at least not back then. So, and I wasn't, I, I appreciated it. I thought it was cool. And I, I still remember having, I, I, there was, I'm going to try to tell this story in a way that makes sense. I, I can't remember all the details. I used to go on ski trips and I had this teacher who was like a, the chaperone for these ski trips. And we got into this big argument about Indiana Jones versus Batman. And he was like, are you kidding? Batman is a masterpiece. I'm like. It really oh, isn't I thought that you're good. talking about the characters fighting one another, but continue. No, no, no. I was, that would be I just, more interesting. I yeah. Just, yeah, I just I couldn't get on board with this whole like Batman as I mean because a lot of people that thought it was like their favorite movie. Batman was like the, was 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 the shizzle. I mean, it was it was. I mean, you know, Batman it, was it was the so popular. Dave it was in every, 2014. <laughs> it was, yeah. Trying no, but it. you're right though because <laughs> I mean I was only. I was only like five when this movie came out, mm-hmm. but I remember how profound it ha- uh, the impact on pop culture, right. like the score and like the t-shirts mm-hmm. with that, the Batman logo from the Michael Keaton Batman logo were very popular mm-hmm. and like yeah. malls and stores and stuff. It's, it's so weird because I don't understand it. I don't, I don't, I don't see, I could see how people would enjoy it. I can't see it being that profoundly. Right. Well, they were, uh, I, I don't know. It was, it was a saturation of the market. I mean, they, they really, yeah. they really were able to pull it off and, and make it like this worldwide phenomenon. And then, you know, the sequel came out and, uh, rewatching both of them, I mean, now I, I think I grew to appreciate uh, this 1989 Batman a little bit more uh, in the years following. I, I don't think my opinion you know, when I would watch it, like I don't know, I watched it maybe the last time was like 10 years ago. I probably watched it. Same with Batman Returns. I probably watched that about 10, 12 years ago for the last time. And um, the final time. And watch and rewatching both of these movies. Oh, you I ended the up watching. Well? Yeah, I watched. I, I, I had the time, so I watched. It was Thanksgiving holiday, so I watched Batman. What I watched. The, I watched The Dark Knight to compare the two. Uh, and uh, and then Batman Returns, which they were uh, talking about on a, another podcast, uh, Film Spotting uh, uh, SVU, which is you guys know that podcast? Yeah, they're a lot more popular than us. Continue. Right, well, a anyway, little bit yeah, more popular, so, you know, just slightly <laughs> yeah, more Matt, popular. With Mad Singer, Allison, I highly recommend this uh, podcast and Allison Wilmore. Um, anyway, Batman Returns is is, is, is it, it still has some of the same flaws that I, I mean. I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan, so it, I guess if you, if you really love Tim Burton stuff. It's it's hard not to. Love I, I like Tim Burton. I think he I think he's better off when he sticks to pure like animation. I think he does really, really well. Yeah, like, I agree. when it's like much more fantastical and he can kind of stretch his imagination, yeah. I think it works better. Yeah, he's got. There's something about his movies that are similar to like Wes, Wes Anderson, where it's, everything's like a toy box to him, and you know, yeah. very precise. And it's like it, it can't be anybody else's movies, but yeah. Tim Burton's or Wes Anderson. Yeah, like here's my view on Tim Burton. I like his movies best when he's not being Tim Burton. What's your favorite Tim Burton movie? Big Fish, unquestionably. My favorite. You is, don't think he's being Tim Burton in that movie? I think he's being, because there's actual emotion in it, and mm-hmm. I feel like there's, when he gets in his way with his, like like Dave said, playing with toy boxes, I picture Tim Burton to treat all his actors like dolls. Like he like, he has a diorama in his room and he likes pushing them together and stuff yeah, like that. It's exactly. like, and um, I think that Big Fish, there's actual emotion in that film. Mm-hmm. And so it, it works in spite of Tim Burton. Right. Like I think that the beauty of Big Fish is the fact that it's written by a great screenwriter, John August, mm-hmm. and Tim Burton just happened to be the one to right. be able to get that movie to screen. But I don't think that movie is good because of Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Ed, Ed Wood sense. is my favorite Tim But Burton that's movie. Tim. that's him because he's... Um, 
he's obsessed with that kind of character. So, you know, he, which, which one? Uh, Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Yeah. Um, uh, like the freaks or whatever. The freaks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the it, freaks. That plays into his wheelhouse essentially. Right, right. And now Tim Burton's got to the point where he's self parody. I right. mean, all his movies look like Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm. He's turned his wife into one of his characters. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like in every one of, she, I think he created her. I think he <laughs> breathed her into existence. <laughs> no, she, she, she was actually, uh, yeah. Uh, what? Not what? quite. No, I mean she was, uh, you know, she was like a up and coming British actress in right. the eighties, right? From with yeah, all, all the Merchant Ivory movies. Yeah, and, yeah. And she was I in know, Fight but, Club, and right, I know, but and, she looks like all of his female characters. Right. Well, like, even his male characters, Edward Scissorhands, is a male right. version of Eleanor Bonham Carter. Right? <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't hate Tim Burton. I don't understand the absolute adoration. I feel like he gets a lot of the time, yeah. especially as of late. I don't feel like he's made a good movie in a very long time. Yeah. Um, can you think of the last Tim Burton movie you actually enjoyed? Sweeney Todd. See, I didn't like Sweeney Todd, yeah. and I didn't like. Uh, I thought Alice in Wonderland was one of the worst movies I've ever yeah, seen. That was bad. And um, he also made uh, Maybe Big Fish was the last. That was like the last. I mean, one. I like Sweeney Todd, but Big Fish was. He made another one. Oh, he made that uh, Dark Shadows. Movie uh, was I, terrible. I so a little it, bit it, of that. He's it just, a vampire movie or something. Yeah. Whatever. It's a, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's Johnny Depp making funny faces. Yeah, he's an artist first and a filmmaker second, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he, he, there's no doubt that he's a. In my opinion, he's, there's no doubt that Tim Burton has he has a is, vision. I think he's has very, a, yeah. very visionary. He's very uh, right. He, but he's getting, not a great filmmaker, though, but, in my opinion. Ooh, that's, I don't that's think bold. so. I mean, he's he's a great artist, but not a great filmmaker. Okay, that's that's. I think that's a good way to. Um, kind of uh, unsay what you just said in a little bit oh, of ways. Well. <laughs> uh, but uh, getting back to my opinion on this film, watching <laughs> it when I wasn't scared of it for the first time, um, I think what you said, Mike, was pretty astute. This is the bridge between two different mm. film franchises. And it's cheesy, but it's also dark. Um, and there's a, um, it's humorous, but also a little bit scary at times. Um, in terms of how I feel about watching it this time, I was I was really impressed with the performances and the look of the film, but I found it really boring. And I don't know if you guys just weren't <laughs> super like engaged throughout it, but I, I just wasn't like into it. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't into any. Maybe this is what you were talking about relationships. Yeah. I, I didn't really care. Right. About that's how I, that's that's how I felt yeah. twenty five years ago. Speaking of which, we've done a lot of nineteen eighty nine movies. That was a big year, man. Podcast. What yeah. else have we done? <laughs> uh, well, Field of Dreams. Okay, um, one. That's one. Hey, hey sorry. Let's, let's go look at the list. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tabulate that. We will well, but, uh, I'll come but, back. But, but my familiarity with Batman growing up was the terrific Batman the Animated Series, which, is what, I, yes. which is what I grew up oh, watching. Harry Met Sally. Harry Met Sally. Oh, wow. We did do a lot. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I think. Ooh. Mm, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Batman the Animated Series does this thing where it takes place in a world that isn't modern times, but isn't quite the past. It's a, a noir world that exists in its own kind of realm. It feels it, like the 40s and 50s. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not because there's computers and technology right. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And for me, the greatest rendition of Batman is that, is Batman yeah. the Animated Series. Oh, yeah. And, and, More I, so I than the movies? Than yes. Really, um, really. And yeah. if I don't know if you guys have seen uh, the, the the feature film that was based on that series, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, mm. but that's, so. that's my favorite Batman movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Getting into Chris Nolan's take on the Batman verse, I love the Chris Nolan universe, mm. but I think there's a lot of criticisms you can make about those movies sure. um, that don't. Qu- um, so, I mean, when I first saw, I saw all those movies in the theater, all the Nolan films in the theater, and every time I finished watching, I'm like, "That was amazing! I love that movie." And mm. then it's it's afterwards when you start thinking about it, you're like, "Yeah, but there's some things that don't quite work mm. in those films." Um, so it's it's that reason 
why they're kind of taken down a step. And I don't think that, um, I don't know if you agree, uh, I'm getting on a huge digression, I apologize. I don't know if you agree or not, but I don't know if Chris Nolan's movies work better the second time you see them. Mm. I feel like they only work to their fullest effect the first time you see them. Um, I, I've heard, and I, I don't really ever nitpick maybe. things too much, because I, I know movies can't be perfect, especially within a, such a short time sp- time frame, time span, you have so much to do in two hours, it's hard to really make it airtight and perfect, etc. But there's a lot of criticism leveled against him because he has a lot of plot holes. He has a lot of like things happening. I just you're, you feel know. like uh, he's a filmmaker. You know what? The Prestige is is probably the only one I can think of that has That's grown in one. my estimation over yeah. time. Yeah, I, I I actually do quite like The Prestige. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like a filmmaker. Prestige. <laughs> he's a, a filmmaker that I always feel like I have to defend his movies in some way. Like I I always have to be like, yeah, I get that doesn't make sense, but you know. So he doesn't he doesn't create these totally what about seamless. Memento? Ex- Memento is, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think that one to, holds yeah. up pretty good. I don't yeah, well, I think what you're, what you're saying is that sometimes you see a movie and you're like, that was good. And then you see it again, you're like, wow, that was really fantastic. But with Christopher Nolan's movies, you're usually wild the first time. Right. And then, <laughs> then you're like, it's like oh, it's in. You're like, okay, yeah. it was still, it was good. It was good. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. with this film, going back to the, the Burton version of Batman, it's a movie that like I feel like you can appreciate, but I just don't know if there is enough here plot-wise mm. and story-wise and character-wise to really make it hold up, especially mm. in the wake now of the Bur- uh, of the Nolan films. Mm-hmm. It, it, and I know they're very different approaches to the but character. But still, yeah, I, I kept thinking myself, I'm like, I don't really care about these characters as much as, you know. And, the, and the, because as I was watching this Batman movie, I contemplated stopping watching it and putting in my Blu-ray of The Dark Knight yeah. <laughs> and watching <laughs> that just kind of instead because... Man, I really like the Dark Knight, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Speaking of Dark Knight, did you notice there was an? I, I wonder if it's an homage or if it was purely by coincidence. There's this scene where um, the Nicholson Joker is standing in the street when the plane is coming at him, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Come on, hit me!" And then the movie oh, yeah. it's the same thing. Like, Come well, on, there's hit definitely me. some uh, Nola. I think definitely nodded through some nods. Yeah, towards the original Heath Ledger. Uh, I definitely borrow a lot of his right. performance from uh, Nicholson. In fact, I think he he consulted him a lot, right? Because remember Nicholson after he, he, he did? passed um, away, Nicholson did he really? was I'm not, I'm not, maybe not that. about that role, but when he after he passed away, Nicholson was like, "Yeah, we had talked a lot while this was going on, and I was telling him like, dude, you got to go for help. You're losing your mind, or something oh, like no, that.' I didn't know that. So I'm, I'm yeah. Um, I guess my um, the the one thing I think that this Batman does better than all the other Batmans, I think that Michael Keaton is a terrific Batman. I would agree. Uh, and I think he's a terrific Bruce Wayne. He's uh, the best Bruce Wayne uh, by far. I agree. No, and, um, no you, you, think, uh, Adam, you think Adam West is? Absolutely. Adam West. <laughs> 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 right, uh, I'm guessing you're in the Christian Bale camp here. Well, I, and I don't love Christian Bale, so I'm not saying just because of him, but I think he seems to carry himself the way I think a Playboy bachelor would. Mm-hmm. I think of him showing up at parties, and he just seems, he has the air of what I imagine Bruce Wayne. I gotta tell you, I think as Batman, he was good. Uh, uh, Keaton was good as Batman, but it's not hard. All you gotta do is act from the nose down, and you got Batman. Well, for the most no, part. well, maybe, maybe it's well. I'll I don't, argue- th- but I think I, I don't know if it was the, the bad hair or like the, the turtleneck tucked into his jeans, or I just wasn't buying him as like <laughs> he this had guy. those nice Ray Ban sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, oh. maybe, maybe it's this. Maybe Christian Bale is a better Bruce Wayne, but mm-hmm. Michael Keaton's a better Batman. Probably. Maybe I don't know. I think I think Michael Keaton was just better overall in that in that role. I mean, I really like Christian Bale, and mm. I really liked him, in, especially in Batman Begins. I, I loved him in the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, Michael Keaton just has like um, an edge, you know, that Christian Bale. Uh, huh. You know, not edge is such a. I hate that word. I, I, I wish there was the, another word to describe it. I think it's it. more of his comedic sensibility. It's almost it's, it's almost like he's itching. It's, it's, it's something that is so anxious about Michael Keaton that you feel like. 
you know, you feel like someone like Michael Keaton might actually dress up in a bad suit. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't, I never really thought that Christian, Christian Bale probably could have done. He could have just stayed like. You remember the beginning of Batman Begins where he, uh, he's just like kind of a ninja. He doesn't have the ears on the bat suit, right, or whatever. Right. Like you know, he, he probably is that guy. He probably is just the ninja guy. Well, right, Michael right. Keaton would actually put the little bat symbol on his on his <laughs> right. on his chest and say, oh, "I am Batman." You know, like, <laughs> yeah, see, that's something that I felt like the you know, we, there's a lot of things in the movie we take for granted that he dresses up as Batman. But I'm looking at this movie and I'm saying, like, what does it say about his character that he mm-hmm. would make a symbol for himself and make it bright yellow and put on right. a suit with ears? Yeah, like all this stuff, and I feel like they just didn't. Really, and I know it's not really supposed to be an origin story. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, I that's like one that's, thing I loved about it. I'm sick of origin stories. Yeah, yeah. I would see. I'll tell you. I, yeah, I agree. With, it is. We are. And as much as I like Batman Begins, I think that Batman Begins. I think that's a very well done origin story. Yes. But damn, yeah. like all these other movies were like did. For the reboot of Spider Man. Did right. I really need to see the origin of Spider Man again? Yes. No, no. Like yes. we're done. Like I get yeah. it. So I mean, that at least was the from, biggest issue with that reboot <laughs> is that just redoing the same thing. <laughs> so I mean, it's just I'm. I'm I'm all I'm on board with the fact that Batman exists in this universe. He's already made the decision to be Batman. Right, right. It's right. revealed later in this movie mm-hmm. that his parents um, are killed, and that's why he becomes Batman. It's not. And the even that you see, like film. you say about caring about the characters, even that reveal for me wasn't really. I was like, okay, exposition, cool. That's what happened. All right. Whereas I felt like in the in the Nolan movies, that scene was a lot more poignant for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I liked Alfred a lot, though. I think Alfred was great in this movie. I think he was on yeah, par good. with Michael Caine uh, well, in a different way. Not to go back to my favorite movie, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, but <laughs> yeah. they do the, the flashback to Bruce Wayne's character death also in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It's, told in, it's told in flashback, and it's incredibly powerful. That movie's so good. Why didn't we, why didn't we just talk about Batman mm-hmm. Mask of why the Phantasm? Why don't we just watch that movie instead? <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> have you you not, Dave, you, have you not seen that movie? No, I saw, I've seen an animated Batman movie with that. One of our fans who's listening to this right now is Not actually right a now. huge Batman fan, and uh, he he brought over years ago. Brought over a, I, forget, I, I wish I could remember. He's probably yelling. Was, he's probably yelling. Maybe it his, was Mask uh, Mask of the Phantasm. I don't think it was. I don't think so. Mask of the Phantasm. I think I think it was like a series of shorts that were all taking place in Gotham, and I can't remember what that was. Okay, that's that's not so. That. It was no, not it Mask exist. of the Phantasm. He has, no idea. he has no idea what he's talking about. So. I have a little bit of an idea. Anyway, we should maybe start breaking this down a little bit. Yeah, we have been pretty general. Um, The basic... Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say a quick note. Our uh, Mr. Knox was... A repeat returning to the podcast from. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff that we've talked. He's, he's, uh, he's in Good uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I liked him better in that movie. I think Robert Wool Wool. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. I forgot that he was in. Good he Morning was better Vietnam. in that movie. This movie, he was just kind of a little bit too. Yeah. He was playing the camp, the campy yeah, news good. reporter, and he's he's good. I think he's funny and I, he's likable. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. It was just you meh. Know. I mean, yeah. So we should like what? Are, so what are what should we talk about? I mean, like what? I mean, one thing that I, I the, here's the thing I, I just want to say: the thing I couldn't get past in this movie is, and you talk about this is the relationship, you know, and not and not that the not that the relationship between and the modern day Batman movies were it wasn't spe- it wasn't great, but in this movie it's kind of painful to watch. I mean, there's a, there's a scene where Kim Basinger you're talking about Kim Basinger, Kim Basinger and, and you know and, and Michael Keaton, you know, Vicky Vale and, and Bruce, and Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. I mean, there is just something. Scenes with them that are just like painful to watch. That, I love me, you since the minute I met you. What? No. It was, no. Well, yeah. It's like, oh, are we gonna try to love each other or something? I mean, it's like they've <laughs> known each other for five minutes, and, and yeah, that you know, relationship progresses way too fast. Oh my hey, god! I'm so glad I'm not the one saying it this week. <laughs> it's, it's you know the romance is terrible. 
terrible. I mean, at least I mean it's 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 uh it's fine in, in the Dark Knight trilogy, but it's yeah. it, this movie is just terrible. If you watch Batman Returns, it's it's ama- it's amazing. It's almost night and day how much better the acting is in actually that movie overall. Well, she doesn't re- she doesn't return in the second where movie. It's, correct? It's, where it's, it's Michelle Woman, with, where it's it? Michelle Pfeiffer yes. playing. I mean, who is you know especially at the time was a, a much you know way better actress. I mean, she's was spectacular as Catwoman. I thought. And uh, Kim Basinger, I mean, it's just there's just nothing to it. So if if you don't really latch on to the Joker character, if you you know if you don't really latch on to Michael Keaton's character, you know, there's no real um, you got relationship in the movie to really no, kind of point. like you know get you uh, emotionally involved and like caring about what happened. You know? Yeah, because uh, the end movie, obviously, she becomes the damsel in distress, but you could care like and you the could way not that, care see, less. What I understand too is that, you know they get, okay. So I will say that one of the things the movie has going for it in a big way is Jack Nicholson, who is mm-hmm. I think he's just a phenomenal actor i think he took a role that could have very easily been ridiculously hokey and it, and it was but he does it in a way where i still loved watching him do it i think he's just got a great way about him he knows how to play crazy in a really good way um he even when he's just doing those gestures like and making these yeah. weird faces just, oh, yeah you know it, he also got a ton of money to be in this yeah, movie he was paid did. handsomely to be in this film because yeah. i believe he um i was reading on wikipedia that he got uh, a return to the box office as well and this was a huge hit yeah. and that was the only way he would agree to do this movie he's like i'm not going to do this comic book movie unless i get bank points and, yeah and I think that he bought several houses after this. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> came out uh, because he's he's the big name in the film. I, yeah. You, you yeah. think about Michael Keaton; he's coming off Beetlejuice at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And he's mostly known as a comedic actor. That's also Tim Burton. Right? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he, um, which is maybe another movie worth discussing. But yeah. um, Michael Keaton is a comedic actor at this point. He's known for Night Shift, I believe, which mm-hmm. had uh, come out. Mister Mom. Mister Mom. He, Gung Ho. He's known as the funny guy. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. You got, okay, so imagine if the internet exists in 1989. Yeah. If you get the casting news that Michael Keaton, a nobody, skinny, wimpy-looking mm-hmm. actor, a comic, mm-hmm. is going to be your Batman, do you know how insane oh the internet... The internet almost shut down when Ben Affleck was announced as the newest Batman. <laughs> in Which, the, in retrospect, of all the people who have played Batman, he's probably the best because He's got the gigantic chin he's that got a, Batman <laughs> requires. But, but it, we, we, the internet got that mad that Ben Affleck was going to play uh, Batman. Imagine how nuts they would have been if in announcing oh someone like Michael Keaton plays it. Yeah. So this is very... What would, be, what would be modern day? It's almost like what, Seth Rogen or something like so like a comedian <laughs> that would be... <laughs> I get... I mean, yeah, I don't know who to... Who, who it would be, be James Franco. Oh, maybe. Man. Yeah, maybe. Oh, <laughs> James man. Franco is the Michael Keaton of the night. I can see that. I can totally <laughs> see that being... Yeah, it's a good comparison. I don't know. Someone like that. But I mean... So, Amen. so Michael Keaton is incredible is cast incredibly against type here, right? And but I think that the reason he is cast is because in Burton Burtman's vision of Batman, Batman's kind of is completely nuts. He's just as nuts as the Joker. He's a man yeah. that dresses up in a goofy looking rubber suit. Uh-huh. Um, Which, by the way, no neck. Like range oh, at all. Yeah. Yeah. Every, anytime he had to look up, I cracked up because he had to turn his whole torso to look up. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, left yeah. and right, he was like, it's, <laughs> it's definitely the most poorly designed uh, outfit of any superhero, I would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, not the nipple suit either. Not no, the, no, no. And, but, but, and Batman. <laughs> And it looks cool. It's just not practical. No, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't look that cool. I don't know. <laughs> and I think that uh, Keaton really pulls it off here. I, 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 de- I definitely, I don't necessarily buy the relationships in the movie, but I find him as a, I find him to be a very charming Batman, uh-huh. especially when he's in the suit. I like him as Batman. See, I don't know can we talk about that? Because I thought that his, in the suit, the performance was very, like, floaty. Like, I, I, I <laughs> want to see more weight in him. I want to see him, like, land from the ceiling, have the cape splay out behind him. He's on the ground and he slowly stands up and he, like, like, drops. He's kind of like, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like in every single superhero movie, you get that that the, the three the point Neil stance. Po- exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the Iron Man three point stance, and then you mm. get, but something like there should be more weight. He just kind of like floats down like like a feather. Yeah. Just, Floats and then places his feet, his toes yeah. upon the ground, I, and then he floats be, on over. To be fair, Mike, I feel like a lot of it is doing. It has to do with limitations of special effects and stunt work fair at the enough. time. Because fair I mean, yeah. the big shots of him falling are actually a man yeah. falling, and, and and the big floating, effect, floating, mm-hmm. and the big effect effects work in this film are miniatures, yeah. pretty much, especially the bat wing sequence. Um, I mean, it's all miniature work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. I mean, some of that has to has to play a part of it, but I mean, this is the comparison between Bale and Keaton again because Bale plays him. I mean, Bale's voice sucks as Batman. Can we be? Can yeah. we be honest? Oh, yeah, that, about everyone that? hated that. Yeah, yeah, everyone hates that. I don't know why you have to talk like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I never really but, understood it. But it's Bale, supposed to be a voice scrambler in this suit that d- disguises his voice, but, but still annoying. But there are moments in Bale's version of Batman where Bale is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah. actually, legitimately scary. Like, if you were mm-hmm. to see that at night, you'd be like, oh, I get why criminals yeah. are scared of yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And the and the, uh, the best example I can present of this is in Batman Begins, the scene where he's like, where are you? And then Where he, are you? And, he tur- mm-hmm. and then he turns around and he's, he's like, he just whispers, mm-hmm. here. And yeah. then the, the criminal, yeah. like, the criminal screams. Like, he does, yeah. like, a girlish, mm-hmm. yelpish scream. <laughs> and I know that's from a different movie, but that represents the... T- the the terror that Batman's and, supposed and, to be inflicting. And you also get to see what's uh, Killian Murphy looking around paranoid at the sky, like, here he is, <laughs> Batman, <laughs> which is just an amazing scene. Well, I do, again, talking way too much about Batman Begins here, I love the fact that in Batman Begins, the criminal is essentially a guy that just gets people high. Like, yeah. that's his criminal, <laughs> yeah. that's his yeah. criminal uh, superpower. Well, right? and so is, uh, well, I guess... I mean, it's getting people high, but and then killing them, right? I but mean, the Joker like, is a the Joker in this film. He the, just he he's kills doing, people with like laughing gas, essentially. Right. right. Um, and um, I I feel like I know it's not supposed to be scary, but I feel like again, I, I think I saw this when I was like six or something. Those expressions of the the, the like the smiling oh, faces yeah, on dead people yeah. really freaked me out as a mm-hmm. kid. And I don't know if you had that reaction as a thirteen year old. I'm guessing not. Yeah. But it was. Uh, <laughs> he's very. He's a man at that point. You know. Just, you know. Come on. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I could very easily see how that could scare the heck out of a kid, especially the uh, the electrocution oh, hand yeah. buzzer oh, yeah. scene. As a kid, I'm like that would that would have been traumatizing for me. Um, but the, I mean, did I you will, go ahead? I, I do like. I, I thought they did this very like when they talk about the uh, beauty products, like it's not safe to use. No one's using them, and all the news actors look like hell on TV because <laughs> they have no makeup to put on. The oh, guy's yeah. got warts on his face. The woman's hair is in the air. I thought that was that was clever. Yeah, there's like definitely that. more like at least attempts at, at, at wit in the in yeah, these yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. I think there's room Batman. for it more in this movie, you know. Yeah. I will. I mean, I think that uh, the argument I can make for this film, and maybe the reason I don't love this version of Batman, is I feel like it's more a Burton movie than a Batman movie. Hmm. Um, hmm. And that goes with the set design yeah. and the way he represents the characters because I think Burton isn't so much interested in creating a comic book superhero movie. He's interested in creating a freak show movie Mm -hmm. and he gets two very interesting freaks, which are the Joker and Batman. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. both, you know, that that's what intrigues him about this character. It's not seeing cool action scenes. It's not seeing Batman fight or, Mm -hmm. or, we need him. We, I I agree with you. I think that's an interesting take on, I wish there was more about that. I think that I wish there was more, you know, them discussing that at length, him and the Joker. I mean, they, they allude to it where he's like, you know, you made me, I made you. Look at yeah, this. We're right, yeah. But kind of talk about like, you know, you're as much of a freak as I am. Look at you, you're wearing a right. suit and you're floating around like a princess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's really nothing, there's nothing that really kind of like digs a little deeper like, you know, in The Dark Knight where you have that interrogation scene that everybody still comes back to now as like a reference of really good 
a really good element of that trilogy yeah. was that you know that interrogation scene with uh, Heath Ledger and uh, Christian Bale. But um, you know the good. I would say the good things about this uh, version of Batman. Um, you know, it's very consistent. You know, it's a very like it, nothing. Nothing really feels out of place except for maybe some of like the fashion in the movie. You know, like it's pretty. I think it's oh. a, it, it feels. You know, every so often you see something that's like, oh, this is definitely eighties. Like a Prince song pops up, and you're like, oh, God, oh, uh, you no, know, you're like, what? What's that? song doing in this movie well, i think you there. could credit that to burton because right. he's creating this world mm -hmm. that doesn't feel real but feels like it exists and mm -hmm. i don't know if that makes any sense uh because my art okay well maybe i'll put it this way uh, because mike just gave me the face of like a thousand Disgust. daggers <laughs> um so back in the 80s it felt like they were like this goes back to the ghostbusters argument and all this kind of uh, this talk but they they were creating sets and places that existed mm -hmm. like it were physical things mm -hmm. and um like, you know, uh, you know, going back to, like, visit MGM Studios at Disney World in, like, 1991, there were, like, sets that you would walk yeah. on. And yeah. that is not a thing anymore. There are no yeah. backlots, really, you know? Mm. It's not like you're—and Back to the Future was shot on the backlot of a fake town. Right, right. That does not exist. We don't—that's not how yeah. we shoot movies anymore. Mm -hmm. And this is almost an artifact of the time of how we used to create films. And I think that's kind of— it's interesting because I just don't get that anymore when I watch movies. Right. Ever. So, yeah. um. Yeah, it feels very self contained, right? It feels like it takes place in. Like in, three streets. <laughs> in three streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, I was watching some of this and thinking, like, well, did they actually build those gargoyles? I mean, obviously, some of those set, some of those were set extensions they couldn't possibly have built. I mean, it, some of those shots become very obvious, you know, when the camera, like, like flies up the building to Jack Palance's, Jack Palance's uh, uh, Grissom. Is that, is that his yeah, character? He, he plays the master gangster. Right. The master movie. gangster, Jack Nicholson's boss, who you know, becomes the Joker and kills him, blah, blah, blah. Um, so what did you guys think of that transition of, uh, you know... Uh, from from uh, Jack Napier, who I think was I don't know if that was how the comic actually went. I think in the comics he he just started out as the Joker. He didn't. The Joker has no origin story in the right, comics, or right. at least not to the point that they give it in this movie. Also, in this film, they have the Joker be responsible for killing Bruce Wayne's parents, right? Yeah, which, is not, no. which has never been a part of the comics ever. Right. Yeah, um, right. And I think it kind of weakens the argument of why he's Batman if a master criminal is the one who kills right. his parents. I think it's a lot right. more interesting if it's just some schmo. Yeah. Just some, yeah, some thug who probably like, died not uh, long after. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's one aspect of this movie I, I don't agree with, but or don't like. Um, what was I talking about? Well, I mean, I, I was, I mean, oh wait, hold on. Sorry, um, we're back. Uh, for some reason, my computer crashed, but we're still going. So we're um, going. Uh, what was <laughs> I talking lost about? Anything. It was the Smilex gas that someone released in the basement. Yeah. Uh, so essentially. Um, you were saying, Dave, that the transition is weird between. Oh, well, it's because there's there's suddenly there's this supernatural element like batman the universe as, as far as i know it there's not really a, a lot of supernatural elements to it right the characters i mean there's the penguin who isn't literally a penguin he's just a deformed man who calls himself the penguin right there's i mean no, there's, but the there's definitely some fantastical things to it but you know the idea of a man dropping into acid and then dying and then coming back to life and having his face I don't think he died i think he well he got critically injured in the face and they fell into the pit and then you okay, don't see him so, get out. Maybe he just semi drowned, and then oh, he, I mean, if you fell into a vat of acid, I think was uh, it acid? I don't. Does it say what it was? Yeah, it's acid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're at a chemical plant. Yeah. Yeah, but it could have just been goo. 
you know? Okay, like well, Acme yeah. Goo. From uh, Nickelodeon? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's going to have been Gak. He fell in Gak. Explains his smile. Is that what it's called? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Um, the, uh, well, actually, you're talking about the green slime, I believe. The green slime, um, oh, okay. But uh, Gak was a toy that Nickelodeon sold. To Could kids. also be, oh, you know what it is? It's ectoplasm from Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay. Um, the, Coolish smile. A couple interesting, well, first off, this series goes on to spawn Batman Returns, which we talked about. Then, in the same chronology, uh, Val Kilmer takes over the series. Mm-hmm. in Batman Forever, which is a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. And that fo- is followed with George Clooney stepping into the bat suit, <laughs> the nippled bat suit. Nipple suit. With the infamous nippled bat suit which with Batman and Robin. Terrible. So the movies get more and more campy. Mm-hmm. So if Burton was creating that bridge where he was making things less campy but still had a fair bit of camp, it's almost mm-hmm. like the series hit... Um, it's a parabola mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, it, yeah. it hits its peak yeah. of being, you know, less campy. And then all of a sudden, as soon as uh, Joel Schumacher comes in, he's mm-hmm. like, let's camp this bastard <laughs> up. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the series ends up just basically Batman and Robin almost kills the superhero movie mm-hmm. because it takes, uh, I believe it takes Spider-Man in 2003 to really bring the superhero movie back to the forefront or maybe X-Men yeah. in 2001. Yeah. So it takes, X-Men, yeah, would have been. It, I mean, it takes a long time. Like we're talking from 1997 to, uh, to 2001 mm-hmm. for the superhero movie to make its renaissance. And now we are at peak superhero movie. I mean, Man. think about this. We are in an age now where there is going to be at least four or five superhero movies big budget superhero movies every year until 2022 that we know right. of. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, more in the work there's, gonna, there's probably even more in the works. Like there's right. that many superhero movies. I think movies you have spinoffs out. too. Like you have uh, Chronicle, you have things like that where it's not even the mainstream superhero movies, superhero, like other types of superhero movies. And, and just to reflect a little bit about the state of movies right now, I mean, can, can that market sustain itself? No, it won't. This will be the phase. Like we're gonna but have. When is it gonna happen? What's the movie that's gonna be a flop? When are we gonna get a superhero movie that flops? Like I don't know if anything is gonna flop. I think it'll just become less well, I popular. Mean, you did have plenty of superhero flops in the past 10, 15 years. Green I mean, Lantern is the one. Green I'm Lantern. Uh, what was the Ben Affleck Daredevil? Was that's before uh, the run, Electra? Before that the was, time now. Mm, I feel like that was post Spider Man. I think. Yeah, these was were it? Post, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're going to have movies like Marvel. I mean, Marvel, Marvel's whole lineup is going to be doing fine. Right. It's just at some point, I feel like they're going to just get a point where they don't have any more stories to tell with the Avengers, and it's going to go into superhero movies we don't really care about, like Ant Man. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think eventually it's going to just peter out, and we're going to we're going to go into. I mean, this is going to be what you know the phase was like in the 80s. Like, oh yeah, everything was like big hair, and mm. the, twenty, <laughs> the 2010s, everything was like superhero movies. When know? our children are doing the reviewed podcast, they're going to be talking about <laughs> the Avengers and be like, God, another superhero the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Avengers. The reboot. <laughs> <laughs> when your daughter and my son are doing this podcast in oh, 20 God. years. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, I mean, it's just an interesting kind of um, place we're at, I feel like, in movies. The one thing I, you, the one thing about this movie that you touched upon, Dave, is it's got this huge following. People love this Batman movie. Yeah, love it. What were you saying about IMDb? How many? Is yeah, well, I'm just you know you just kind of scroll through some of these reviews and you just think like uh, everyone's giving it nine stars or ten stars, right? You know, like it's it's all. But wh- where does that love come from, though? And I because I don't think all of us are super high in the movie right now, based on this discussion. Right. So where does that attachment come from? Is it nostalgia? Is think, it a, a yeah, respect for the craft or? I would th- I would think so. There's 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 something that we're maybe not digging into enough with where a certain appeal to these two characters, right? 
to Batman and the Joker specifically. Is it Batman mm. just because, I mean, as a kid, if you see Batman with his cool car and his cool gadgets, I mean, that I can understand appeal, like appealing to kids. Uh, you um, know, the, I guess the idea that you can, uh, you, you can kind of hide who you really are and do whatever you want. I mean, maybe there's something inherently um, appealing about that, you know. Yeah, and I don't, I don't understand it because I feel like this is not a movie where we watched movies like, okay, Ghostbusters is coming immediately to mind because that movie has some campiness and like jokiness to it, mm-hmm. right? But I think that is far and away a much better movie oh, than, yeah, than yeah. Batman is. And I think like that's a movie I understand when you have a huge following. It's like, well, that's a really, really good movie. Right. I don't I don't see it. I really don't see it. This is a movie that I think you see as a kid and you liked it as a kid. And you see, as an adult, you're like, mm. but seeing it as an adult for me, I, I don't, you know. Um, Dave's friend who loves Batman, write in and tell us, <laughs> tell us about what about this movie. What is it's it? So, it's so great. It's yeah. so great. Especially, I mean, I, I mean, I'm curious whether that he likes the Nolan movies or not, but... I'm just, I'm curious to know why this struck such a chord with, with was it just the timing? Like we hadn't seen something like this before? Maybe. Uh, I mean, a lot of people who, who got into this particular Batman probably didn't see it until it was on VHS years later, you know, like mm-hmm. they were kids in the 90s you know, who probably... But, I recall having toys from this movie. Like I had the bat, the bat cave playset from this movie. <laughs> I had a Batman action figure with his belt, had the little string that came out of it. Nice. I had the Batmobile from this movie. Like it was a heavily marketed. Yeah, film. I mean, there's, there's a lot of elements to Batman. The idea of being able to, you know, you're falling off a building, you don't have to worry about it. You just throw your batarang with the string on it, and you swing. I mean, string or a rope. <laughs> you know, when you're when you're a kid, you love. Most kids love swinging on vines and swinging on things. I mean, Spider Man has some. I mean, like the Joker said, he's got all those great toys. Right. I mean, toys from superheroes tap into a lot of uh, things that we wish we could do, right? And that we can't do. And, you know, obviously you can't uh, fall off a building and. With uh, Kim Basinger and, and and just throw up a string and whatever whatever the hell. <laughs> I love how you're referring to the bat batarang or the bat uh, grappling hook as like a grappling hook. Throws, Sorry. A, throws a string up. <laughs> Very strong string. In Dave's version of it, it's, it's dental floss. It's dental, dental floss like a bat toy at the end of it, like an action figure or something. Like that. Uh, the one thing we should mention about this movie because it's very iconic is the score. The score is oh, yeah. very famous, and I think uh-huh. the score is actually quite Danny good. Oh, definitely. Wait, what yeah, was that? that was it. Huh? Was it's that? definitely a more hummable version. Like as, as much as I admire Hans Zimmer's scores for the the new uh, trilogy, it's uh, yeah, this one you can actually will get stuck in your head, and you'll actually be able to hum it. The Hans Zimmer yeah. score is essentially like dissonance, like yeah. building up dissonance. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, a lot of percussion and. and it's, it's Han Zimmery, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Pretty> Brahmi. <laughs> Brahmi. There is this, uh, uh, speaking of Han Zimmer, like, uh, there's this uh, image going around the internet. Uh, it's like, image of Han Zimmer preparing to score Interstellar. And it's this picture of this German man with, like, crazy hair <laughs> like, <laughs> sitting in front of a gigantic <laughs> organ. Because the Interstellar score, I mean, just I like it. Just getting blasted in the face with organs. Just, like, yeah. It's just it's, so it's, in your face. Yeah. It's a little overbearing sometimes. <laughs> Um, and this one is definitely more, uh, it fits, I mean, Danny Elfman's scores fit well into Tim Burton's, uh, movies, right? I mean, yeah, it did get, there's a lot of, and I, a, a lot of choral elements, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of like farty trumpets when they get into like fights. He's <laughs> like, you're like, what is this? I think, yeah. I think you're thinking of the, uh, <laughs> 60s series. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like they had like corny sounds when they were My fighting. Tra- the transition between each scene was a spinning bat logo that would fly <laughs> towards the screen. Mike. It's a spinning picture of, uh, what's his name, uh, Michael Keaton's face. Yeah. It's just his face, like a raised eyebrow. 
uh, Mike hates every score pre-1995. I think so. I think so, because they always sound so damn hokey and weird. And so even this one sound, sounded hokey to you? Parts of, sound it Parts of it did. Yeah, the, main, uh, the main score, the main theme was good. But I think, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty it's propulsive. It's, it's a good it's pretty score. Good, yeah. This is a good score. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not compelling. It's not Hans Zimmer. What are, your okay, feeling, what are your feelings on the Superman score? Uh, from the old movies? Yeah, from the old I movies. I don't remember them. I've never seen them. What? Uh, what? What? Huh? <laughs> Forget it. You know what? Right. I mean, why the hell are you on this show? Uh, this is why I'm on this show. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> um, any other final comments that you want to talk about? I mean, Batman kills people in this movie. I wrote that down. Wait, yeah. Who he does he... in both uh, Batman Returns he and He has and guns on it, like... Because we all know, like, the big thing about Batman in the comics... He doesn't kill people. Doesn't Batman kill doesn't people. kill people. Right. And this one, he's got freaking machine guns on his car. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're right. Not all, he, doesn't, right, he doesn't wear them. He has them on his car. So he's definitely killing yeah. people. There's a scene in Batman Returns where he, he straps a bomb to a guy's belt and, like, tosses him in a hole. And it's like, well, that guy's not going to survive. <laughs> you know? he, he just doesn't use guns. Nothing wrong with using bombs. <laughs> yeah. So he's not, I guess that's. But that was a fundamental aspect of the yeah, Nolan movies is yeah. that Batman does not kill. That's why he can't kill the Joker. Right. That's the, you know, I want you to hit me. Like hit the, me. I want you to hit me. You know, yeah. that's, uh, it's kind of an interesting take on Batman. I don't know if that hurts the character or makes him. Less yeah. There's not much character here to hurt. I don't think. Yeah, I well, guess Michael Keaton's. I, I, I guess Keaton. not. I mean, that hair, though. I, you know, I'll say this. You can't. I think the movie you criticize the movie because of Michael Keaton's hair. I, mean, I absolutely can, can and I just did, and I, I will continue to do so. No, I, I, but you know what, Michael Keaton. Everyone else in the movie, with the exception of maybe Kim Basinger with the '80s hair, mm-hmm. but her. I thought her costumes, her, her uh, wardrobe was fine. He, Michael Keaton, is so '90s, '80s in this movie with the jeans and the tucked in. I said before oh. the, the the turtleneck and like the, the perm hair and the big glasses. I think you should stop making fun of people that have poofy, curly hair. <laughs> it's something I've that I've yours had to. Is li- beautiful though. I've had to live with this my whole life. Oh. You need to embrace it. You just gotta grow it out. So when I out. see Keaton, a movie star who's got similar awful hair, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Keaton can do it. I will go on record to say I think you have better hair than Michael Keaton. Oh, mm. hear that, Keaton? Suck hear that. <laughs> Birdman. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, so overall, you guys thought this was just I'm a lukewarm. Okay. I'm lukewarm on it, man. I'm lukewarm yeah. too I, poor. I think we're all lukewarm. One. And it's funny because I feel like we were starting to get a lot of likes on Facebook. People were looking forward to this review and they're like, <laughs> they, 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 they oh, don't like Batman. We, we they just, don't like Batman that much. Yeah. It's like, you just feel so-so about it. So. I think though, if Sorry, those people. people were to go back and watch it, they'd be like, yeah, you're right. It's yeah. kind of meh. I want you to go back. I want you to really look at it, guys. <laughs> are you seeing what you're actually seeing, or are you seeing what you want to see? There's I mean, good elements to it, but I just don't think it quite works as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah. I, I will uh, speak up for the action choreography. I think that was, for the most part, pretty I well done. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah for the mo- and yeah, um, especially, um, again, I hate to compare to Nolan's, but Batman Begins, if you watch those action sequences, they're un- they're, yeah. in- they're you can't see what the hell's going on. They're, yeah. they're awful. Like. Uh-huh. You forget how bad Nolan was with shaky cam in early parts of his career. Mm-hmm. Like the he's, fights, that's one of the things he gets criticized for. Is the fight he is a, doesn't capture. It was, yeah, well, they weren't. Well. It wasn't yeah. good. I think there, there, it was the, the the concept with those fights where they you weren't supposed to. Just like a lot of um, don't say the Bourne movies, okay. right? The Paul Greengrass. But you can justify Michael Bay and Transformers. Oh no 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 no! I'm saying that you know there's a certain style in the, the early 2000s that. It started, you started to see a more documentary yeah. shaky cam style. You're not that, supposed to understand the action because right. it's crazy. And right. it's just like, that's not why I go to see movies. I go to see movies because I want to see the choreography. Right. And, the, and, and Burton's and the, Batman, you, you at least get to see, you actually get to see, uh, you know, 
the stunts you know, and, clearly. And you know. the geography of the scene is clear. Like you right. know where and people are. And the floaty are. Batman. You know, one thing I did notice this time he's is that Batman, floaty tiptoe ballerina Batman. <laughs> he's not as effeminate as you make him out to be. He's not. No, no. He's not. In, in this movie, he, he's more stoic in this movie than he is. In, in, he moves in, like in, a statue in this movie. Right. He, he lands he, and he just like walks around like a robot, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I think that's that's the style they're going for. But I, I wanted a human Batman with feelings <laughs> and aspirations for the future. Right. Anywho. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I mean, but I would still, I would still recommend if, if if it's a movie you you haven't seen. I mean, I would still recommend this movie. Especially oh, yeah. if, if for nothing else, the I art- would say see this movie so that you can get to Batman Returns, which is at least a more interesting movie. Like, and the uh, I have to, I actually kind of want to see it now just because I was so afraid of it as a child. So I think mm-hmm. I need to go back. Yeah, and watch I mean, it. it's still ridiculous in a lot of ways, but it's almost like Burton Unleashed and. And a lot, you know, there's a lot of circus clowns and freaks was, and stuff in Batman Returns. And was he Batman Returns as well? Yes, uh, it was Keaton. Okay. Keaton and, and Keaton and was there for the Burton. first two, and then yeah, they okay. they abandoned ship, and they because of the hair. God, no. Well, well I think yeah. his hair was a little. It was more, the 80s, more trimmed in and, and, and Returns, possibly. I don't, I don't okay. know. Okay. So here's a question: If you if we compare it to the, one of a previous movies, previous superhero movie, The Rocketeer. I think they're on the same wavelength. Here. Yeah, which one? Which one would you rate higher, though? Only for nostalgia purposes, the Rocketeer. But that's mm. because strict, you've seen it as a child. That's strictly as a kid and, thing. Yeah. Hmm. It's a. It's a. I think I would put this one a little bit above the, the Rocketeer. I mean, just because mm. I, I do think there, are, you know, um, there's Nicholson. I mean, you can watch this. I mean, there's no doubt. There's no uh, denying the fact that Nicholson is. You can watch him in almost anything, and he's going to be mm. entertaining. So, um, you know, he's not really scary in this movie, but uh, you know, it's he's he's a Always watchable, so uh, mm. and keen to watchable. Always watchable. Um, so, final thoughts on this film before we close out. Anything we want to? Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, I think I'm good. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Overall, I don't think I put it on the shelf. Sorry. No. Sorry, Batman. Mm. Sorry, Keaton. Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I'm. This is one. Not, it's not a classic for me. This isn't like the kind of film I'm going to be super excited to show my son when he's old enough. It, it's no. it's good to see because I think you have it's it, you can have pop culture pop culture references i think it's just good to know it's good to experience that since it was so influential mm-hmm. but yeah it's not gonna dance with the devil and, and the pale moonlight, moonlight. Yeah. see that even that was a line i had heard before and now i know what that's from and i don't know where, where i've heard it but it's just a very famous line from this yeah. movie um yeah. so closing out this show dave it's your choice next what are we watching oh now i forget um the graduate oh, the graduate right because mike nichols recently passed away so mike nichols away. is uh one of the few people in this entire world who has won a grammy an oscar a tony and an emmy he got an egot he has an egot oh man him and tracy morgan so fans of batman who may be listening to this and you haven't seen the graduate i would say and now's a good time to catch up who else uh, got an egot it would be goldberg she got an egot right I don't know. She got he got. She got he got. <laughs> she got he got. She got he got. So we'll be watching The Graduate, which is a, a famous film for a variety of reasons. Dustin Hoffman. Mainly because it, one of the reasons because it launches Dustin Hoffman's right. career. This, we're finally going past 1970, right? You know, we've been, every movie we've talked about has been like 1970 or 19. Harold and Maude was like the 40s. Yes. It's a black and white silent film. Oh, that was 1960s. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the 70s. Yeah, 70s, whatever. Yeah. You know what? F it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, it. Well, the thing is, anytime I do any old movie, everyone, no one listens to those podcasts because people don't like old movies. Anyway, well, you know? um, so closing out, 
You can kind that, of get a gauge. That was, that was the saddest <laughs> question. How do you know if people are listening to us? We don't. It's just, just going out to the waves. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm happy for Michael Keaton. I mean, I'm he's from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, well, that, so I have a little bit of a connection. By all means, he should be successful. And so, uh, you know, there's a little attachment there. And I'm, I'm happy he's having this renaissance. I'm happy. Uh, I thought Bourbon was good. Um, Great. Thank you for and, that wonderful uh, bias, Dave. And so, uh, you Dave, know, where can people find you on Twitter? <laughs> hey, Mike goes first. Oh, Mike, where can people find you on You Twitter? have something oh. to talk about. Oh, I do. I do. So exciting. Um, so, okay, you can find me. I'll just, first off, you can find me at MikeMirandi.com or at MikeMirandi on Twitter. And I just recently been part of a short film. I've been producing it. I haven't been producing I've been a part of it uh, doing the lighting and compositing work for. It's called The Ottoman. Uh, it's a 10-minute animated short film. And I go check it out. If it's at the, How do you spell it? The dash Ottoman. It's O T T O M A N dot com. And we just launched a Kickstarter. We are uh, at the halfway mark as far as days go. We could certainly use more funding. So if you can check us out at the dash Ottoman dot com slash Kickstarter. I'll post a link to it, it on Facebook so you guys can uh, yeah. see the um, link to the film. Um, and if you want to support artists doing cool stuff, you should contribute. And it's a different style. We're going for a less CG, more of a. Uh, Kind of an art style. Like cell shaded um, almost. Yeah, cell shaded mm-hmm. tune lines, kind of like comic book style. You're building CGs a set and... on 95 acres of back lot. Yep, right? built yeah. built a comic book yeah. set from yeah. scratch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, check that movie out. It's The Ottoman. You can just Google The Ottoman Kickstarter and you'll be able to find it yep. uh, if you you know don't feel like spelling things. Um, <laughs> Dave, where can people find you on the web? On Twitter, Dave Glanz, G-L-A-N-Z, and DaveGlanzProductions.com. And I'm at Ivan Kander. That's K-A-N-D-E-R. Dave says I should say that because no one knows how to spell my name. Uh, on Twitter, um, Lucky9Studios.com. And uh, you can read my writing at ShortOfTheWeek.com where I curate short films. He's a senior And editor. now, senior editor. It, a senior editor. <laughs> it's a uh, new position, same amount of work, less okay. money. Uh, <laughs> less less <pay>. money. <laughs> So it's a, you know it's a it's a it's a lose lose. Um, so there you go. Uh, so next time we will be talking about the graduate. Uh, and before we close out, can everyone give me their uh, Batman impersonation? Go. Which Batman do you want? That's pretty good. Go. Where's the Joker? Good luck, uh, Dave. Good luck. Where are they? That's pretty good. <laughs> All right, your turn. Your turn. Go for it. Well, this is this swear is... to me. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard to do a Keaton impression, right? Because all he says is, "I'm Batman. I'm Batman." <laughs> All right, so that's good. <laughs> Great work. Great work. To figure out what we're doing. I think it's my turn, right? To it's your turn. Back. Well, the the train's leaving the station, Dave. Train. The train's leaving the station. Dave. I'm just scrolling through. I'm like. You want to do a Mike Nichols movie? You just died. You make it sound so appealing. I did. I was. I was actually thinking the Graduate. Actually. Ah, I can get behind that. I've always wanted to see it. I've seen it. We can do that. I've heard they use color in a very interesting way. I'd like to explore that. Oh, you heard that there's colored people in it? (laughs) Yes, I love them. Mike's never seen a movie with a black person. (laughs) He's like, not one. Um, All right, fine, the graduates. All right.